0: Attention young ladies, attention young ladies Attention young ladies, attention young
1: ladies In a time when hats were hats I had no Canadian flag Just the sign of David Roger Too scared to purchase larger When I
0: walked through the Clyde Valley In the shadow of fiery Jack The light is on. Well, hello again and welcome to episode 113 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And we're going to bring you the second of our Canadian Women's National Team special podcast in the lead up for the Women's World Cup. And you can't have a women's podcast without Canada's leading voice in women's soccer, Harjeet Jahal.
2: Hey guys, thanks for having me on again.
1: It's good to have you on, Her. We'll be using the interviews that we had on for media day a few weeks ago. Yeah, it seems uh, about a month
0: ago now. Yeah, it seems
1: like a long time ago. That's true. Let's last podcast we kind of talked to generalities. I think this one we want to talk with the game coming up against England in Hamilton, the World Cup another week away or so. But we want to break it down a little bit deeper and get some more insight from Har about this team. So let, let's let's start off with the the players that are going to be defending the goal, the goalkeepers themselves. I think Erin McLeod is going to be the the number one keeper. And back in 2011, there's a lot of people talking like where she ranks amongst the goalkeepers in the world. Where, Where is she right now amongst the goalkeepers in the world?
2: I think she's one of the best goalkeepers in women's football. John's already declared her one of the number ones in the field of women's goalkeepers. So she's definitely on top of her game. She's playing very well when she is with the Houston Dash, her club team. She's done very well for Canada. So I think Erin McLeod's a very strong goalkeeper, and she's going to do very well at the World Cup.
1: If, God forbid, something happens to her and there's an injury leading up to the World Tournament or during the tournament, you got Karina LeBlanc and Stephanie Labbe backing her up. LeBlanc offers the experience. Labbe is a little bit younger and uh, maybe... More in, in in the prime of her game. Who do you think they go to? Do they go to La Bay or Do they rely on the experience of Leblanc?
2: I think they would definitely go with Stephanie Labe. She's proven in the last couple of years that she's elevated her game, and she's shone very well for Otterborough in the, the Sweden Damalsvenskan League. She was up for a Goalkeeper of the Year last season, and she's just made a lot of strides. And she helped carry Otterborough uh, into the uh, the Women's Champions League for this coming season. So I think Steph labay has been. Uh, very, very well on her game and I'm not sure uh, that Karina's really gotten that many opportunities to play with Canada in the last uh, 18 months. Steph's done really well and I think if something were to unfortunately happen to Aaron, I think John would turn to uh, Stephanie Levy with no hesitation
0: The thing with Karina as well is you want her in the locker room just because of the personality that she is. She's got the experience from being at previous World Cups and being at the Olympics and what I would ask you, Har, though, is do you see Erin playing all three of the group games or would there be a chance that John Herdman may want to to give one of the other keepers, maybe Stephanie, uh, a chance just to get a feel of the tournament and to kind of get out there in the early going just in case she is called upon later?
1: Especially if they wrap up the group uh, in the first two games and, and there's really nothing to play for in the third.
2: No, I would still go with Erin because you don't want to disrupt a goalkeeper's you know, they're always superstitious, those goalkeepers. So I would play Aaron, those three group stage matches. I don't think they'll wrap up the group within the first two matches. Obviously, you want to finish first so you can get that quarterfinal match in Vancouver. I think Steph would be uh, great if she did get some action, but I would just ride Aaron McLeod until till you get to the gold medal match. So uh, as long as no injuries crop up for any of the goalkeepers, I'd say it's Erin's to take and run with it.
0: So, we've talked about Erin, let's hear from the lady herself. Really fascinating girl to chat to, we had a a really good chat with her, so let's just hear from her now, Canada's number one goalkeeper, Erin McLeod.
3: Keeper, you just made a decent save So why do you feel the need to rant and rave Screaming at defenders makes you look dead stupid Especially when they haven't done much
0: wrong, please cease the trait. So we're joined now by Canadian Women's National Team goalkeeper Erin McLeod. Uh, thanks for speaking to us. Big day today. The roster was announced. Obviously, you were always going to be on it, but <laughs> that kind of went without saying. But with the with the goalkeeping situation just now, I mean. You're the number one, but how much pressure do you feel under to have to go out right away and perform when, when you've got the other two girls, um, Stephanie and Karina, pushing you so hard?
4: Um, yeah, I mean, I think, um, thank you, first of all. Um, and yeah, no, I mean, I, I think I feel very lucky. Um, and I think they would say the same, I hope, anyway. Um, we have a really good group um, of goalkeepers. Um, I think... I think, to be honest, you can't afford to take one day off with this group, um, let alone playing in a big tournament. Um, And that's the beauty of it. Um, I think it's fair to say we're all friends, but we also expect the most and keep each other accountable. So, um, yeah, of course I feel pressure. Um, You know, Karina and Steph both uh, bring different strengths than I do. And, um, of course, you never want to let anybody down. Um, But I think the coolest thing about this group is um, they support me 100% going out there you know whether I play or not and um, whoever would be going out there we uh, it's part of our job I think um, to just
0: support them and the group has been together for quite a while now and it's its hard to kind of say this in and in, there's no other way of saying it but it could be the last time that you guys play in a World Cup a lot of you together does that play in your mind knowing that not only could it be your last World Cup but you're on home soil as well and you, you've got the pressure of the nation on you
4: yeah, I mean, I think going into this World Cup, um, all of us have just known that this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and whether that's your, you know, your 17-year-old Jesse Fleming or your Akrina LeBlanc, who's older than that, um, you know, and... Of age. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Um, so, but I think just playing at home, like, this literally will come around once for all of us, and so I think in, in that respect... Um, you know, we're not taking anything for granted. Um, and I think, you know, that's the best way to live anyway. And um, and play, you know, being grateful and being present in the moment is, is when you become your best.
1: Now, uh, looking back at that World Cup in 2011, that was obviously a low point for everybody. Everybody talks about it. You guys talked about it yourselves too. Right. But then you rebounded in, in the Olympics and, and made a huge, like, uh, achievement there. Do you take both... Experiences and kind of meld them together and, and try to use that as a guide for this World Cup coming?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think... I don't think the bronze medal would, would have happened without it. The 2011 um, disappointment, I guess. Um, I think what was hard after the 2011 World Cup is not only were we totally unhappy with our performance and we underperformed, um, I think um, we also got a lot of heat from back home and Canada was really upset that we underperformed. and um, So that was really upsetting for us. I know it was even hard to be home and um, play on Canadian soil. And then um, we just knew we had something to prove. And um, at the time, you know, it was to prove that we were one of the best in the world and we didn't deserve to be last place. And and I felt, you know, especially through that US game and um, a lot of things that happened at London, um, Canada kind of fell back in love with us as a team, you know, and that was really important. And, um, you know, I think from both experiences, we know the amount of pressure and criticism you can get from the media, but um, at the same time, how important connection is. And, um, and I think the thing that's different now is we don't want to uh, prove that we're not the worst. We want to prove that we belong to be with the best So and consistently. So I think that's kind of what we've taken from both.
1: You, you've obviously now playing with the Houston Dash, and yes. you have... Um, your significant other, Ella Masser, on the team. She's obviously American. She's had a cap. <laughs> now, is she going to be cheering for the U.S. or is she going to be cheering for Canada? That's the big
0: question. Especially if you play each
1: other.
4: Oh, yeah. Well, we've already had this discussion. And uh, She said she'd be Canada all the way. Um, yeah, she definitely has a cap. But, um, yeah, I feel very grateful that, um, you know, that first of all, she is my partner. But, um, you know, it's nice to have, I think it's important as an athlete to have kind of a life outside of the game and to have that balance and you know even though we like we we've played on the same team and um you know she creates that for me and I think um it's also really important for me anyway because I'm obsessed some people would say I'm obsessed with soccer to have like a soccer brain that's always there to critique me and also um you know help me we're definitely a partnership so um but yes she'll definitely be wearing a Canada jersey because I keep supplying her with (laughs) them so that she has no choice
0: now one of the things which we do in our show we do a teammate section so we spoke to we won't say who we spoke to somebody Mm. earlier um asking them about some of their teammates and your name came up as somebody that takes the longest in front of the bathroom mirror
4: me Mm. that's interesting
0: You have to listen to the podcast to find out who said it. (laughs) I guess so. She rattled off three or four names, and I'm always saying that she said you, but judging by your reaction, maybe she didn't. She she did say though that you had some of the best dress sense.
4: Oh well, I'll take that compliment. Um, Most time in front of the mirror. Well, if it's not my roommate, I don't know. um,
0: Oh, who is your roommate on the Carm Carmelina Moscato? I'm gonna to have to listen to it right now. Maybe I've got that completely. No,
4: wrong. I mean, if it is, then I guess you got to change some habits. But, but I didn't think was, that was me. But they,
0: they, were, they were having difficulty picking somebody, so I think oh, they just rattled a okay, okay. whole bunch of names.
4: <laughs> just throw me. Who's is your best
0: friend on the team? Is it is it Carm from Rooming with Her or?
4: Um, that's a tough one. I have. I think I'm lucky to have. Um, I don't know. We've like grown up together, you know. So like, I just think, like, Sink and Ryan and D and and Rob and Gail I mean there's just some people that are like family definitely calm um, it's I mean it's hard to just choose like one person and I think it's a different bond like I do have best friends outside of the out of the team but it's like a different um, you know even if I'm not close with some of the people on the team it's kind of like um, I don't want to say a brotherhood or, or whatever but like you know 15 years down the line I see someone and they need help on this team like I wouldn't even bat an eye
1: now, your website, you have a website. Yes. Um, you have a couple of headings. Obviously, one is the athlete. Yes. And then you have the artist and you have the speaker. Mm-hmm. How has the artist and the speaker helped you be a better keeper? Whether um, it's on or off the pitch.
4: Yeah, well, um, first of all, with the, with the speaker aspect, um, I mean, I started doing some like corporate speaking. Uh, my brother in law hooked me up with some TD talks in front of the most intimidating and uh, powerful people in. In Canada, so once I uh, felt pretty good in front of that crowd, I figured I could uh, continue on. but um, I think for me why I love speaking is because you know you always say, "Oh, I wish I would have known that when I was thirteen and um, And I think with young girls, um, especially, it's you know, there's always like there's confidence and there's there's body image issues and there's just a lot of things that I think sport helps. And I think having you know a sense of awareness and um, kind of like an um, empowering—you want to empower young people to believe that they can do anything they want. Um, And um, I think once you do it once or twice, it's almost like you feel like it's your responsibility because. If you could live your life fuller, why wouldn't you, you know? So um, I do take a lot of pride in that. My most recent, I, I did a talk in the Squamish Nation, and, um, you know, there's a lot of young girls there who are seeking to be motivated more and more, and so I think there's so many opportunities, and there's women in this room I watch, like, work their butts off um, endlessly, and I'm so proud to to call my teammates. So, so there's that aspect, it and then... The art is something that I've always loved doing. I mean, the first thing I remember drawing was, like, sketches of the number 99 because I was totally obsessed with Wayne Gretzky. And um, and now, you know, I had my first art show, art show I don't know, two years ago now, and, and sold it out. And, you know, you can make some money on the side doing that so i mm-hmm. can't
0: complain but i look at some of your your pictures just we're researching you so they were yeah. really
4: good mm, thank you yeah and you know it it um i really believe in life balance especially as i get older and, yeah. and realizing the importance of that and um, with the art and the speaking and it's it's good to be passionate and, and find um, other outlets so that you're not always thinking about soccer especially with uh, my mind where I become pretty obsessed on uh, small details of the game that um, sometimes they kind of overtake me, so I have to make sure that I keep that balance.
0: Uh, thank you so much for your Perfect. time. Right. And good luck with the World Cup when it
4: comes. Great. Thank you
5: very much. Thank you. <laughs>
0: So that was Erin McLeod. There, fascinating lady to talk to. So many other interests as well outside of football. I mean, if you haven't checked out her website, definitely check it out. Some of her art stuff is just—it's amazing. And whenever she does decide to hang up the boots, and chances are this is going to be her last World Cup. Although goalkeepers do—they do last a little bit longer. longer, So she might have one more in her. She might fill the kind of Karina LeBlanc role in the in the next squad in four years' time, which is going to be in France. But she's definitely got a, a. bright future ahead of her and whatever she she decides that she wants to do. And another goalkeeper who definitely has a bright future ahead of her and whatever she wants to do is Karina LeBlanc. We've all seen her doing the funny videos on YouTube and she's done a lot of TV stuff. She's definitely going to have a, a career as a presenter ahead of her. And she's somebody, like we talked, that she might not, she's probably the number three choice in the team just now, but she's the kind of girl that you want in the locker room. Somebody that is... Really bubbly, has experience, and, and can bring a smile to the girls' faces, and she can definitely do that. And she certainly brought a smile to our face, Steve, when we spoke to her. And although it might not sound it when you hear this, we actually did bring a smile to hers as well. We were just playing up for the, for the radio. Last time, if you listened, we did a teammate section with Emily Zurer. So now we're going to do another Canadian Women's National Team teammate section with veteran goalkeeper Karina LeBlanc.
5: We are the most reliable.
1: Definitely undeniable It's
0: like we are and i Teammates, teammates, we So we're joined now by Carina LeBlanc And we're going to do another of our Canadian Women's National Team teammates Woo-woo. So the first thing Karina to ask you mm-hmm. is Who is your best friend in the team?
5: Oh my god uh, it's been like I've been close to like some of them for 12 years yeah. so th- they all serve their own purpose in my life <laughs> I think I'm the craziest with Melissa Tancredi and Emily Zurer um, probably because those are the two that I room with most um, and then Kadisha Buchanan and I she's my little sister so we call each other big sis and little I mean, it's just different relationships with everybody. I mean, I, I think you can tell for me. Like, I'm just, oh, yeah. I'm pretty crazy, so.
0: Oh, well, and we also realized when we were speaking to Jesse that you're twice her age.
5: Yeah, I call so, her my daughter, and yep, she calls me up. mom. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> she's actually my mother, and I'm her daughter, if you'd see our relationship.
0: I, I think <laughs> from speaking to you both, I could kind of see that. Now, over the years, who would you say is the best player you've played alongside with? Could be at international, could be at club level
5: well obviously Christine Sinclair um she's just I remember when she came into the team when she was 16 and um she was in the six yard box and most kids like more not kids most players will just blast at home and I remember going and flying out to be big as a goalkeeper would and she just placed it in the back and then I was like what is this who is this kid and you know from then like I just knew she'd be special and she's turned into one of the best players in the world and it, you know, I think I'm obviously biased because I've become great friends with her. So she's a great person as well. And I think it's just a combination. So the answer is easy for me, Christine Sinclair.
0: And if you looked at just all the female players around the world, no matter what nationality, <laughs> who would you love to be Canadian so that you could play on the team with them?
5: Love to be Canadian. Jeez. I <laughs> I mean, there's there's players in, in different Countries that I love them for different reasons. Um, I'm good friends with Ayamiyama from Japan. She's, again, a great teammate. I I was her teammate in Los Angeles and we stayed in touch. I think I'd love to be a teammate of hers because, again, she's a great person. She's a phenomenal player. She sees the game so well. She's so dangerous. Uh, There's French players, you know, like there's so many players in the world. I mean, I'd love to have teammates, but as cliche as this is, I just love my team. I wouldn't change. These girls that I'm stepping on the World Cup field with in 40 days and when the World Cup starts with anyone else because, honestly, it's more than just the soccer. It's the people, and they're phenomenal people. And when you have the opportunity to surround yourself with just incredible human beings every single day, it's just something you wouldn't change for anything.
0: As good as they are, this is your chance now to throw some of them under the bus a bit.
5: Absolutely. Who do you want to know? (laughs) Uh, I love them. Now tell me.
0: Who's the best trainer on the team?
5: Trainer, what do yeah. you mean?
0: Like, who trains the hardest out there? Like, who? Do, uh, everybody. Like train, who uh, I thought you wanted some juicy. N- oh, we're getting no, to here's the, the we're thing. Like, the honestly,
5: everybody at this stage, there's no one's cutting corners. Everyone's working hard. I mean, you can go from sync because she just is hard. Everyone, Ree Wilkinson, Dinah Matheson, I mean, even the young kids, no one's cutting corners at this point. So, everyone's out there yeah. training hard.
0: Off the pitch, though, who's the laziest? Like, who just lounges about in bed, doesn't want to get up and do anything? Really hard to get up in the mornings.
5: I don't know. It can be you. Can't be me. I'm not a morning person, so <laughs> everyone would probably be like, the least morning person is KK. <laughs> um, laziest? Nobody. I mean, we're up so early, like people understand that we start at seven a.m. in the morning, as we we're in bed or our day's done at seven p.m. So, laziest? I don't know. Come on, I, I can give you. No, Come, no, ask no, me no. So
1: who's, who's the most difficult to like get up or? Who, who likes to sleep when? If
5: uh, there's no sleeping in so but I'd say the most on difficult to to get to do things that you don't that she doesn't want to do be real well but oh. the things I try to get her to do are like dancing, oh, okay. singing show
0: the TSA Yeah,
5: yeah like the stuff that you know in the locker room every single game like I'll be dancing like come on, Ree and she'll just look at me you know and this is what like 10, 12 years later she's the most <laughs> difficult <laughs> to get to do anything you don't she doesn't want to do.
0: Who's the biggest moaner on the team? Mourner. Not moaner, but like who moans the most? Oh, moans the most, God. That's my accent.
5: Mona. Who's the biggest moaner? Um, or
0: whiner, I guess. A, a finer? Whiner. whiner.
5: Whiner, who whines? No whining
0: on our team. <laughs> oh, someone has to moan. Like Emily we, just rattled these folk off.
5: Oh, she did, moaning.
0: She named you for most of it. Yeah, right, I don't moan. <laughs> um,
5: I don't know, like people don't moan around me though that's the thing because they'll know if they do I'll be like are you kidding me do you know how fortunate we are like I'll give them a lecture so everyone's just like hey good morning
0: (laughs) (laughs) who's the most intelligent and who's the least intelligent most
5: intelligent would be Karina LeBlanc um
0: (laughs) uh least intelligent man you're trying to get slack and Um, It doesn't have to mean that they're dumb, but who doesn't says the dumb? Like, okay,
5: I'll tell you what. Who says sometimes the silliest things? I'd have to go. I'd have to go with Lauren Sessaman. Um, Lauren.
0: Yeah. Don't want to be stereotypical.
5: Yeah, she said, but it's not. It's not dumb. It's just funny because she asks questions like, "Sess, did you really just say that?" And she's thinking about like, "No, I didn't." She gets. She cracks me up a lot. You know, like, um, yeah. I mean, but but plus, cause she like. I remember one time we had, I did a KK cam on this. It was like, it was um, a Starbucks cup and it had NFL on it. And she was like, oh my God, who's your favorite NFL team? <laughs> We're like non-fat latte stuff. Seth. I mean, she was just like, ah, come on. Or she'll say, she'll just say silly things where like, just think about it first, you know. She's American. I know. She asked if we had the same Christmas the first time oh, she was out no. there. Yep. Oh. Yep. Put it out there. But I love her. Sass, I love
0: you. Who's got the best taste in music and who's got the worst taste in
5: music? Best taste in music. Again, I'm going to go with myself. Just kidding. Um, Well, Khadisha Buchanan, Desiree Scott. Um, You know, the girls that, like, we like to do, like, little dancings, Ashley Lawrence. Melissa has great music. Robin is, like, the DJ of the group. So she'll put together, like, playlists. Like, she'll put together playlists that mixes from, like, the 80s to the 90s to the 2015s where the young kids can kick in. But... Um, and the worst would be easily Ria Wilkinson. I mean, she, yeah, she, says, it, she listens to stuff where I'm like, this is painful. She actually listens to podcasts.
0: Yeah. We, we, you we know, we were just which it's like... We like you on a podcast just now. There's what, wrong yeah.
5: with podcasts. No, nothing wrong, but right before a game, like, you're yeah. like, ooh, I'm getting ready for the game. Let me hear a podcast. And well, we, this is a sport. Like, I don't even think she... I tried to listen once. I made, I made a pass. Good morning. And I said, good night. Bye. But... <laughs> Did you? Yeah, the bye. Did you know, like, today, that that bye? Did you notice that? press? My teammates are making so much fun of me about that. Because, you know, like, I said, you know, come out and share us on. Bye. (laughs) So now I walk in, they're like, bye. It's trending on Twitter, I heard. Oh, God. Bye.
0: Now, who has the best dress sense? And who shouldn't be allowed to...
5: Man, you guys just want to keep... You doing? want me to keep talking about myself here. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah.
0: Besides yourself. Yeah. Well, every the
5: question, best every,
3: hair...
1: Every, every question yeah. is besides yeah. that yourself. People are
5: going to misunderstand me. I'm just teasing myself. myself. Uh, best style. Everyone's got a different style. I'd say wow. Melissa a, a unique one. It's fun. It's different. Uh, Aaron has a good one. Karm is the most outrageous. I I, I couldn't wear ninety percent of the things she wore. She wears like it's like, did you put those things together? But she rocks it with confidence. We're like, I guess that's got to go, you know. Like, but no one else in this world would dare try that. Um, we re we're working on re, yeah, um, working on re, re. Uh, trying to get that. Game up, you know. <laughs> we're like, you're gonna be single for life if you keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> she likes to knit, you know. Like we're like, Rhea, you're you're
0: you're under eighty, but uh I had to do knitting at what we call primary school when I was like age 10.
5: Yeah, exactly. In school, and you never did it again. No. She does it every day, but she makes some quality stuff, though. I wish we'd
0: known that before we spoke to her. She makes some qual- she makes
5: some quality stuff. Like she made, she she makes stuff like for our nieces and nephew. Like she's good at it, but you know we have to make fun of her. Um, let me think who else. It just everyone it, I think everyone's own personality comes out in the way they dress and so I'm forgetting I'm forgetting. Like Kaylin and Janelle, they're trendy. So is Lauren Sesemann. Um, yeah. And I think I'm just well, a blend of the everything. What we
0: see if Kaylin on Twitter? She's not wearing many clothes.
5: Oh, I think she is. You're just <laughs> looking at the wrong way. <laughs>
0: I'm
5: looking at the wrong. Photo, no. <laughs> no, you see like they're going like Kaylin and Janelle says they're going with, like, the trendy look. So that's what's in, you know. And some of the other players are going more with, like, the 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 different style. I think everyone has a different style. Like, I, go, to be honest with you, I go to, like, sometimes I'll have events and I'll go to Kaylin and Janelle and be like, does this look good? Help me out, you know. Because they know what's in, They know, you know. That's why it's good to have a team with, like, so many different players and so many different ages because, you know, like, all of a sudden – I'm up to date on the music. I can do the nene. That's a new dance. The nae nae. that I don't know. Yeah, I didn't know that either. But now, I can I can drop it. I can do the nene. I can look good and dance for and Look young.
0: I just listened to old punk from the seventies.
5: Oh yeah, yeah. No one on our team does that. Thank God he's not around. I runner. need to
0: make a mixtape. You,
5: you probably should because um, I get, I,
0: like, really, name stuff. an artist
5: of today. Oh,
0: okay. Of today that I like. Um,
5: well, let's just start with naming one. <laughs>
0: I'm trying to think now. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Um just well, try. Just Mogwai, Bell and Sebastian. Is that today? Yeah. Well, they're Scottish books.
5: Okay, yeah. Just try one. <laughs> try one. Do you know a Canadian artist? Just just try Canadian um, artists. He's getting nervous here, yes. folks.
0: I like... Oh, God. Um, Billy Are you Googling talent. it? Our Lady Peace. I met my wife through Our Lady Peace. Oh, okay, cool. They actually interviewed us about how we met. Oh, really? P's. Yeah. Okay. But modern Canada helps the... Oh, boy. Yet. There's a guy named
5: Justin Bieber. Oh,
0: Biba. oh come There's on. Drake. There's Celine Dion. Yeah, but Drake's a Toronto There's Sarah fan.
5: McLaughlin. Like,
0: dude, come on. Yeah, but I like more punky stuff, like the Old Wells, a local Vancouver band. There's a well? Old Wells. They, they do our theme Is there a lot songs. of wells? No. <laughs> He's not getting it. No, I'm
5: not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So A-L-L-W-L-L-S. O-H. Oh. This is, this is a
0: big language. Yeah, big thing. Like
5: yeah, yeah. <laughs> language of the 70s. Thankful, you know, I'm not
0: doing the 40-minute Yeah, you. you know. Let's ask you one last thing then. Okay. Who is the longest in the shower or who's the longest in front of the bathroom mirror? <laughs>
5: Okay, so I have to...
0: While you're thinking about this, I'm going to think of Canadian bands.
5: Okay. Well, I know if you ask the team, I'm always the last to leave, but that's not because I'm longest in the shower longest in the mirror. I, I, I just waste time. Um, longest in the shower. I never know because I'm the last one.
3: <laughs>
5: so I guess that's me. But it's not because it's, I'm like the last one out there signing autographs and then I'm like, I had to take a quick shower. But who's usually back there
0: with me? I don't I, know. I imagine you would take some time in front of the mirror. No. Not from a bad sense. Oh, look at this. Daytime. This interview's going real good. I know, so is, I'm saying
5: you need the most time to get ready to look good.
0: Yeah. I'm crying now. Really, really bad. I'm crying now. Um, All right. It I must think, be the music you listen yeah. to, you know? Like, I do listen to lots of dirge and it's like slow depressing stuff.
5: Yeah. Well, based on your last comment, you probably should listen to some happy stuff. Yeah I, yeah, I don't do that. Yeah, all right, I'm going to go and cry now.
0: Yeah, thanks for
5: joining us. Yeah, any time, kind of like of never again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, thank you so much right, for your time, you. and we'll no let problem. you get on and speak to folk that are nicer to you.
5: Yeah.
2: We are the most reliable. Definitely undeniable. It's like we are you and i
1: Teammates, teammates, we
0: So that was Karina LeBlanc? I still stand by my taste in music. We'll
1: leave it at that. Let's go back to the roster breakdown with Har here. The backline, considered a weaker part before, I think in Germany, they were broken down quite a bit. But the addition of Kadisha Buchanan, she's only like 19 years old or so. How important is she going to be to this backline? She's already proven in a games against the US that she can do it. At the big stage, what do you think she can do?
2: Well, Canis is a very young and talented player. Her defensive ability, it's going to be a big asset for Canada. She's going to have to lock down the top strikers and attacking midfield players of opposition teams. And at such a young age, you know, she's very talented. I think she's capable of doing just that. We all know she's had Abby Wambach in her back pocket a few times. And uh, her defensive partner is probably going to be Lauren Sesselman. So as a tandem, they're going to be tasked with you know, shutting down the opposition, controlling the defensive back line, and really uh, making sure Canada is solid at the back. And I think, you know, Khadisha's going to come into her own at this tournament. John Herdman has called her the Christine Sinclair of defenders. So with that big praise and compliment, she's got a big future and a, a bright uh, career ahead of her, and we'll see how she does at the World Cup.
1: How vital do you think she'll be in set pieces, maybe going forward, like with her size and everything like that? How, how Will she be able to contribute a goal? in in certain times in
2: the game. Yeah, she's going to be a target off corners and set pizzas. If she can head home the ball, it's going to be a huge advantage for Canada to get a goal from a defender. She showed that she can do that as she scored off a a header against the U.S. in Winnipeg last May. So yeah, Kadisha's a a threat at both ends of the pitch for defending and of course contributing offensively.
1: Okay, so going into the midfield, I think the biggest question about the midfield is going to be Diane Matheson. She... Obviously is dealing with that injury. We talked about her about it in the last podcast with her. She's also got the broken foot. If she's not able to go and nobody's really said anything yet, who takes up the slack for her in the midfield in and what she provides to the team?
2: Well, Diana Matheson's injuries really opened the door and provided an opportunity for Jesse Fleming. And so far Jesse Fleming has shown that she can step in and you know, really show off her talent. She's already scored I believe the Cypress Cup, she scored her first goal, and she also scored last week in a closed door friendly, I believe, against Mexico. So Fleming's already showing that she can contribute. She's got uh, great ball skills, dribbling, she has a vision that some young players. They don't have at such a young age, so I think Jesse Fleming is going to slide into that role if Matheson can't go. And I think it's it's a it's not really, it's a loss without Matheson if she can't play. But adding in Jesse Fleming, you know, it's a big step for Canada, and I think she'll do very well.
1: You, you talk about the vision and all everything else she provides for a seventeen-year-old. I think the pressure is going to be the big thing. Is she is she showed the characteristics that? Uh, that she can take on that pressure.
2: Yeah, I definitely think so, Steve. I don't think she's bothered by the pressure. As you mentioned, seventeen years old, you know, they, they see life right in front of them and they just go. She's gonna be at the World Cup and I don't think very much faces her. She sees she sees things as they come. She, I don't think she realises this is a huge World Cup and, you know, a lots riding on it for Canada. She's a very calm, down-to-earth girl. She doesn't get frazzled very much and I think she's going to fit in very well and I don't think the pressure will get to her.
0: Yeah, she definitely seemed very grounded when, when we spoke to her, so let's hear from Jessie just now. Uh, two old men talking to a young girl. If you thought the Karina LeBlanc interview was awkward, wait till you hear this one. Yeah. Here's Jessie Fleming. So we're joined now by Jessie Fleming, the youngest player on the Canadian women's national team roster for the upcoming World Cup. So, Jessie, first thing to ask you: I mean, like being the the younger on the roster, I mean, how how do you feel? I mean, you've you watched all these the the veteran players in the Olympics four years ago, in the World Cup. Now you're a part of the squad. Mm -hmm. I mean, how how do you feel about that?
6: Um, You know, I'm just as excited as everyone else on the team. Um, You know, I think I've become. Uh, I've started to feel more and more a part of the team over the past year and a half so um, I definitely feel you know, connected to this tight-knit group so I'm just as excited as everyone
0: else and I'm ready to get this thing started. And you, you had the experience at the Under-20 World Cup yeah, yeah. and that, that's kind of given you a taste for like all, all the kind of sideshow that goes on as well as the football on the pitch. Yeah. How did you find that whole experience? Especially because now you're going to be playing your second World Cup in Canada. Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah, it was good, it was good. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of things we can take away from it in terms of you know positives and um, you know what it means, uh, what it means to play at home and you know how that can be an advantage. Um, and then also learning from you know some of the distractions and you know what you like look to avoid when you're playing at a home World Cup. So I think it was definitely a good experience for a couple of uh, a
0: couple of the younger players to get a taste for what it's going to be like. Now, John Herdman was saying, that the, the young players in the team, you've got no fear. Whereas some of the older ones they've had the baggage of like things not going well in the past yeah. and but you the younger ones have come in, you're it just it's like water off your back really. Mm. You don't let things bother you. Mm. No Knowing though that the pressure of the nation is on you, I mean, how do you keep your feet grounded? How do you just how do you how will you cope with the pressure?
6: Yeah. Um you know, I think keeping keeping everything in perspective and, you know, putting it into stride um, and then I think for me, just you know, in terms of my play on the pitch, I think just keeping it simple, just going back to, going back to the basics. You know, if you're ever you know stressed out or feeling the pressure, I think, you know, just going back to what you know and what you're good at on the field, and you know, just taking a minute to calm yourself down and say, you know, this is this is why I'm here. This is what I'm good at. Um, I think just just going back to you know loving the ball, getting on the ball. How can I get on the ball? Um, just making a few p- good passes, and then you know, really getting into my into my rhythm and doing what I do best.
1: How was your relationship with the older older players? Um, the, how do like were the? It must be difficult because you made your debut at almost like almost sixteen, just under yeah. sixteen years old. Um, did they ca- kind of calm you down when you were on the pitch, or was it like more? That you more affected them when they were on the pitch.
6: Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think we, I think we feed off each of each other's ages. Um, you know, I think they're. It, it's like having you know 22 older sisters. So it's a pretty neat relationship that I'm really lucky to have. And you know, I love these guys to death, and I do anything for them. So
1: you've been compared to Christine Sinclair there's been an article this saying you're the next Christine Sinclair is that something that you have to keep grounded and you, you can't really have to ignore that kind of press because it might affect your game on the pitch?
6: Yeah, um, you know I don't really pay, I try not to pay attention to stuff like that yeah, Sorry about mentioning
1: that then. No, it's, <laughs> okay. That. <laughs> it's okay It's okay,
6: it's um, okay Yeah, um, you know not to say that I ignore it, I mean it's it's incredible to even be to even have my name said in the same sentence as her but um you know i try to uh i try to stay away from that kind of stuff and just focus on you know me personally and um you know just thinking about the present and how how i can be impactful now
1: how was your relationship with your family obviously being on the road a lot at such a young age like uh, your parents obviously you know watching over you and everything it's hard for them to let go is is it something where you have to keep communicating with them and stuff like that
6: yeah um you know I definitely say uh I mean I call home or I face I'm home at least at least once every day so um I'm still talking to them a, a lot and I miss them a lot but um you know I think um you know just having experience being away from home over the past couple years um I think I've changed as a person, and you know I'm able to live away from home, and I'm I'm not fine. Obviously, I still need my parents, but um, I'm getting better at living away from home and kind of being on my own. But um, that's not to say that I don't call them every night, and you know still love them and miss them. So um, yeah, it's it's a pretty unique opportunity. So I think they're they've got my back.
0: Off the pitch, I mean, we're trying to kind of get to know a few of you just a little bit more. I mean, what do you like doing in your spare time? How do you relax? What kind of yeah. music do you listen to?
6: Um, I like alternative music. Um,
0: You're the first person that's had decent music taste that would say, spoken <laughs> to today. Uh,
6: yeah. Um, yeah. I like listening to alternative music. Um, obviously, I have a lot of schoolwork to do off the pitch, but, um, I like reading. Um, I guess just I don't know, hanging out with my teammates, hanging out with the other youngins, and, um, watching soccer, um, juggling. I don't know. You're um
1: is it difficult sometimes when you're out you know, you're you're you know, you're maybe out somewhere else and all the teammates are getting ready to go out in the club and everything and you have to stick at home and, and, and stay in the hotel room and, and you know, occupy yourself?
6: Yeah, a little bit I guess. I mean obviously I miss out on a couple things, but um I mean it's not a huge deal. I still get to spend a lot of time with these guys, so um, you know, it's okay if they get to go out once or twice without
1: me. Have they tried
0: to sneak you in a couple of places or no? No. No. You can't see it on the air? <laughs> no. No. it's a proper answer. Um, who is your roommate on the team? Like when, when you're on the road, who is it that you?
6: Um, it's changed a bit. I mean, I've only I've only been on the team for a year and a half. So, um, and within that year and a half, we've kind of switched it up. So I've, I've been roommates with a lot of people. So, um, I'd say I've been roommates with probably. 10 different people in the past year so I don't have a consistent one yet I know a lot of them have just because they've been on the team for so long but um since I've been on the team we've kind of been switching things up to get to know different people so um I guess we'll have to see who will be during the world cup but um but yeah I don't really care so
0: We've been doing a kind of teammates thing Where we've been asking certain players About certain other players So we'll do a quick one with you just now as one of the newbies on the team
6: Okay.
0: Um, So who would you say has the best dress sense And the worst dress sense on the team?
6: Okay You can um, critique them
0: all because you're younger (laughs)
6: uh, Okay um, Best dress sense Uh, There's some pretty well dressed people on our team So I don't know if I could nail down one for you guys Um I love I love the way Em's dresses, Emily's are, um, Tank's well-dressed, um, a lot of them are well-dressed, those are the first two that came to mind, I guess Kaylin and Chanel are both really well-dressed too, so those
0: are four that who, came who, to who's mind. Who's a nightmare? Who shouldn't be allowed to dress themselves? <laughs> uh, just, just say John Herdman, that'll be safe. Oh, don't <laughs> give her a night. <laughs> um,
6: I don't know if anyone's a nightmare, I mean, obviously there's different levels of well-dressed, but... Um, maybe Rian
0: who, who, maybe who doesn't who, who doesn't care <laughs> she probably doesn't care uh, about her dress probably too much. yeah, yeah. R- Rian was named by Emily as well when we, when we did that I feel Emily, bad so. though
6: she's not it's not that she's a
0: but she, she just she's doesn't like, care about it too too much well, she doesn't maybe, I don't know <laughs> she's comfortable and who who's <laughs> the who's the longest in the shower who's the longest in front of the bathroom there? Uh,
6: I'd probably say like uh, maybe Kaylin or Janelle would be the longest in the bathroom, but I don't know. I haven't roomed with everyone, so I'm not completely sure
0: who's the longest in the shower. But um,
6: yeah, I don't know.
0: And just going back to like the World Cup that's coming up, what what are you what are you looking forward to most? Is it that first game when you you run out onto the pitch, or is it just the fact that you're going to be playing for your home country and everyone's watching you? I mean, what, what's the one thing in particular that you're most looking forward to right now?
6: Um just playing, just getting on the ball, being on the ball. Um, you know, I love to play soccer, that's why I'm here and every time I get the chance to step on the field for Canada it's you know, it's like the first time, so um I'd definitely say just
0: getting on the field. And like after the World Cup's over, like longer term, mm-hmm. I mean what what are your hopes? Are you looking to play N W S L or are you maybe looking to go overseas and to Europe? Or college. Or college. Yeah.
6: Um yeah, well I'm definitely um, definitely going to college for four years. I'm actually going to UCLA, so oh, nice. yeah, starting in 2016. So that's exciting. Um, and then after that, in the long run, um, I guess definitely looking for an opportunity to play either in the NWL in Europe, just whatever, whatever comes up. Um, definitely looking to play professionally for a bit. So.
0: So thank you for joining us. Good luck with the World Cup. Thank you. And enjoy the rest of your day. All okay,
6: right. Thank that's you. Great. Thank
0: you so much. Thanks a lot. Thanks.
1: So that was Jessie Fleming. As you can see, very veteran-like answers there when the tough questions came on. I think she
0: handled herself really well in that interview. Yeah, and we were only joking about it being awkward. Uh, she was another great girl to talk to. And the pressure is definitely on her, but she seems to handle it so well. Everyone is compared to her to being like the new Christine Sinclair.
1: And it seems like anybody who is any good is going to be compared to Christine Sinclair at the end of time, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, and
0: that... That's a hard thing, I think, for any young Canadian girl that's going to come through now, Christine's just been this icon that whoever comes through they're automatically going to be compared to her, yeah. and in a way that's not going to be fair.
1: I wouldn't have a problem with her being the next Diana Matheson or even the next Caroline uh, save the injuries, obviously, but any one of those uh, three players, I think she would be awesome in that role. Oh, maybe she'll have a brother I could do a
0: podcast with
1: possibly down the road
0: let's Let's talk about the the goal scores. Obviously, everyone's focusing on Christine Sinclair. The opposition is going to be focusing on Christine Sinclair. If she's marked out the game or she struggles or she gets an injury or she's just not on form, where are the goals going to come from for Canada?
2: Well, they're going to have to come via committee. You know, you can't have... Christine Sinclair doing all the work. It's a World Cup. You need every player on board. And offensively, you're going to have to have contributions from Janelle Foligno, Melissa Tancredi, Adriana Leong, even Jesse Fleming. It's going to be every player out there is going to have to find some way to contribute. So I think if Christine gets taken away by the opposition defenders, you know, it's going to happen. You're going to have to have players like Sophie Schmidt as well come in there and and contribute. So Christine doesn't have to have the entire load of a country on her shoulders. So it's going to be up to everyone as a team to find the back of the net. And Sophie was the leading goal scorer for Canada last season. So she's certainly capable of contributing. We know she's been asked to take on more of an offensive role, so she's she's a player that could very well have a big big tournament. So I expect Canada to step up and you know help Christine and another veteran like Melissa Tancredi find the back of the net.
1: Now, if those if those players that you named are in form and they look good going into the tournament, and maybe at first Christine Sinclair starts as a, as a, as a striker, do you think there is a chance for her? Because there have been in times in the past where she moves a little bit. Uh, deeper in the midfield where she can uh, provide a little bit more of her playmaking ability because she she she's not just a goal scorer, she is a playmaker as well and, and it, it takes her it would take her away from the defenders and give her more space and be able to do more, maybe she can score from the midfield
2: I think we'll see Christine both as a lone striker up top and also as an attacking midfielder, Canada likes to play a 4-2-3-1 and also a 4-3-3 so there's going to be a lot of mixing and perhaps mashing in terms of how to get Christine away from opposition defenders and make sure you can utilize her talents as much as possible to help her score and help her teammates score. So I think we, should, we could see Christine all over the pitch and I believe you know we could see Melissa Tancredi up top as a lone striker as well. We saw that in the two uh, matches against Japan in October.
1: Last question about the roster. What's the one area on the national team where, it, not not I wouldn't say their weakness, but where can the other teams expose that those areas and and beat them? Whether it's them attacking or defending,
2: I'd say it would have to be defending. You've got Lauren Sussman just coming back into the team after an ACL injury. She's not really played with Kadeshia Buchanan all that much, and on the left flank you've got Alicia Chapman, who's basically just being discovered by Canada about. Uh, a year and a half ago, maybe even less. Yeah, I mean, so, it was
1: less than that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So we're not really sure if the chemistry will come together. Hopefully, it will. I really think, Rianne Wilkinson is a calming influence at right back, so I think she'll help Kadisha, and Chapman on the left flank with uh, mentorship and just really anchoring the back the back line. So as long as they can communicate together. You know, fill in for each other. If a player is up the pitch or maybe out of position, I think Canada will be solid. And you've got Erin McLeod back there, so you know she's a very capable and strong keeper. So I think if the defense can come together and support one another, Canada should be able to be very solid back there.
1: Now, one of the people that is going to help these guys defend in the back and is definitely not a weakness is their holding midfielder, Desiree Scott. And we had a chance to meet up with Desiree Scott. Uh, She was in fact our last interview of the day on that long day of interviews.
0: So here is Desiree Scott, the Destroyer. So we're joined now by Desiree Scott, and first thing to really ask you, Desiree, is obviously named on the the Women's World Cup roster, World Cup on home soil, you're going to have been asked this about 20 million times, but what does it mean to play a home World Cup?
3: It's a dream of mine, um, beyond pumped to officially be on the roster and to be on this journey with An amazing group of girls Um, and to play on home soil is a dream come true and a tournament of this caliber with our family and friends in the stands is going to be absolutely amazing.
0: Looking ahead not specifically looking about how far Canada goes or how well you play but what's the one thing in particular you're most looking forward to right now?
3: For me, it's to have my family actually in the stands. My family's only seen me play for Canada once before in Winnipeg. um, So this is going to be cool. They're making the trek out to watch me play in Edmonton. um, And also just to see the boom of the crowd and to see the sea of red when we walk in those stadiums that we play in and to hear the noise and just to feel that vibe, I think, and that energy
0: will be really cool. Now, your club soccer, you're playing in Minotts County in the English Premier League. Now, I, I've moved over here in 2007, but when I was over there, I've got to say, like, women's soccer was not highly thought of at all. I don't know, has it changed? I know there's, BBC's got your, your weekly highlights show, which is a, a step forward, but it was always, I don't want to say a joke, but it's like, it was a butt of jokes in a lot of the male-oriented soccer shows. Has it changed any?
3: I think when you're you're competing against the men's over there in the English Premier League it's it's tough. Um
0: at least in the Notts county male team's not that good. So you've, No, you've I mean
3: that. our side is doing pretty good. Um we got about a th- 1500 people out to our games which is decent. Uh I definitely think there's room for improvement, but the league's growing, you know, it's getting more recognition, um more players are heading over there from overseas. Um and I think a little bit of work um it can be a very
0: good league over there and get some more credit what, what made you decide to, to go over there instead of like staying with nwsl
3: it was a bit random actually um my agent approached me and said hey what do you think about going overseas and i'm 27 never left canada really the, playing in the nwsl is my first time uh leaving my hometown of winnipeg but um <laughs> yeah it was something i thought i needed to do for Part of my career, um, never had the opportunity to go. If I said no, I probably would have regretted it. So at the time in my career, I thought it was the right move, and I enjoyed going over there. I loved it.
0: Now your nickname of the Destroyer, like I, I've got to say, I know we're not meant to have favorites and stuff, but like you're one of my favorite players. The way that you play hmm. is how I like to Thanks. to see soccer players play because you're going hard. You you don't shit out of tackles. It's like you. I just I love that. I mean, where, where did the destroyer? Who gave you that name? First of all,
3: yeah, it got coined by John Herdman, our coach, actually, in twenty twelve or yeah, twenty twelve uh, Olympic qualifiers here in Vancouver. He was interviewed afterwards, and they said, "Tell us about Desi Scott." And he just said, "She's he's, she's destroying him out there," and <laughs> it stuck. So I love the nickname yes, personally. Too. I think it makes me feel like a mini superhero. Um, and those big tackles you talk about—that's my bread and butter. I think that's what. I'm known for. It's what I enjoy. Um, it's, it's just sort of something that I, I've brought to my game and, and something that I hope sticks around, and it's about have, being fearless, really.
0: I mean, if a player that does that, obviously the risk of injuries are more, because it's like I tackle like that as well. We had a Whitecaps media match in which I broke some ribs <laughs> doing a tackle oh, like good. that That's on the great. BC turf pitch, which at least you're going to get a different pitch if you land on <laughs> yeah. that. But how... I mean, you obviously can't go into tackles with anything like that in the back of your mind, but have you had injuries like from the way that you play? I've been pretty lucky, you know, knock on wood,
3: um, to be pretty much injury free, you know, you get the knocks and the bruises, um, but nothing major and I think my low centre of gravity helps, you know, I, these big quads that save me in those tackles and and it's if you think it if you think about it too much if you hesitate into a tackle i think that's when people get injured so it's really no a no-brainer for me I, you know i'm going to get stuck in and i think having that mindset is important
1: now you um you you played with the 2011 in the in the world cup in germany there was obviously some disappointment everybody's probably bringing that up today but then you guys rebounded so quickly at the, at the Olympics. Do you kind of take both of those experiences, kind of meld them together, and try to use that to guide yourself through this tournament?
3: I think you have to. I think being at rock bottom, you learn a lot of things about yourself and about ourselves as a team. And to have that success that we did with the bronze medal, you know, we've been through a roller coaster ride over these last few years. And I think we've grown as people and players. And I think we've learned a lot of valuable lessons through both experiences. And for this World Cup, you know, we're going to be prepared for anything.
1: You've done a lot of coaching as well now. Um, a lot of clinics. You even, I think, you coach at your at University of Manitoba, your alma mater. Um, is that something that you want to keep doing and just kind of instill the next generation and keep it going with the soccer uh, soccer Canada?
3: Yeah, I don't get to do it as much as I like, obviously with the rigorous training schedule that we have. But um, I love working with kids. It's something I'm extremely passionate about. And anytime I'm able to do it, I love to give back and just get them excited about soccer and and give back the wealth of knowledge that I've learned over the years playing for my country.
0: Who's your roommate on the on the team? Lauren Seselman. So yes. what can you tell us about her? What's her bad habits?
3: She is a bit of a messy girl. She leaves the dishes for, until I clean them, pretty much. Um, <laughs> so they'll sit there until I remind her. Um,
0: my wife and I do that, and then no one ends up doing them for yeah. ages. And no, just no,
3: I'll, I'll do them, and then two days later, they're still there. So um, I'd say she's a little bit messy, but other than that, I love her. Um, we have a lot of banter and, and good videos that we make on Instagram. You know, we got the Cool with Brown Shugs, Bone Crusher and Destroyer. Like, <laughs> we're a pair, so it's, it's cool. I'm, I'm happy she's back.
0: We've done a teammates thing where we've asked different things, like who's the most intelligent, who's got the best haircut. Oh. Actually, best haircut, would you say it's yourself or Karina?
3: Karina, 100%. Oh, I like the, the, oh, the, going the, on today. the little cornrows yeah. with a little added touch. Yeah, no. Karina's always looking fresh. She's got the little quof at the top. She usually adds some red tips. Um, <laughs> really lined up nice now.
0: But when we spoke to one player, we won't say who, um, one of the questions was, like, who's the least intelligent? But not so much that, but who hasn't got the street smarts? And Lauren's name came oh, up. Oh, did that being, come up? As being somebody who might who, <laughs> have a few blonde <laughs> moments.
3: I think that's accurate. Um, I love the girl; she's one of my best friends. But I think she just needs to process things a little bit longer than them She's not dumb by any means, but
1: yeah, we heard she was asking: Is Christmas the same day in Canada as in the U.S.?
3: Yes, she had a few questions when she yeah. came over to the team in the <laughs> beginning, uh, but she's she's getting better. She's she's sorted. That's Wisconsin folk.
0: <laughs> um, now, when you when you're over in England, I mean, when when. Were you last over there? Because you seem to have been with the camp for. Uh,
3: yeah, I luckily the team was okay with me committing fully to this World Cup prep, so I finished the season in mid-October. Was the last time I was over in Knott's and I'll return
0: post World Cup in July. Okay. What, what do you like doing back there? I mean, I've been to Nottingham, I think once, maybe even drove through it. There's not a lot going on.
3: I mean, I'm used to this. I'm from Winnipeg, so I love that oh, small town vibe. It's a big so, city I, yeah, you lot. know, so <laughs> I don't mind it. Um, obviously, I'm over there to play play footy as they say um and that's pretty much been the focus we're training every day we're full-time but I think the girls we just get together and we have the banter we enjoy going to movies and
0: like there's not a whole lot we do we are our lives are football so what about food because it's like food over there I struggled with my diet's like dreadful and it's like my wife was so healthy she's Canadian and then she moved over to live with me for a while then her diet just went to hell. Man, the
3: fish and chips, I tell you, it's a struggle, but um, it forced me to have to learn to cook. It's not one of my strong points, but um, I actually went out and shopped, grocery shopped a lot and had to cook. Otherwise, I probably would have came back in season 10 pounds heavier. So.
0: <laughs> well, that's great. Thank you so much for your time, Desiree, and good luck with the World
3: Cup. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank that's you. Great. Thank you. Awesome. I hope-
0: So, great fun talking to Desiree Scott there. And it was nice to bond with somebody over unhealthy food. I think you
1: got, you two could have talked about fish and chips for a while there.
0: Now, enough of Canada. Well, enough of Canada. Love
1: Canada. You, you traitor! <laughs> like, I didn't know you <laughs> were Lucas
0: of, Cavallini doing the podcast. Oh, yeah. That, that, that,
1: but enough of speaking about Canada, the, the, specifically themselves. Let's talk about the opponents they're playing in the group, at least, to start off with. You have four, uh, three other teams... None of them are in the top ten, but none of them are beyond twenty. So they're all grouped in the teens and everything. So none of them are the strongest teams in the world, but none of them are the weakest teams. So it's kind of like an even. They're going to have to play even teams throughout the whole thing, as per FIFA rankings, which obviously everybody knows are uh, set in stone and nonsense. The God's word. Let's let's go. Let's go in order by the FIFA ranking. Netherlands, uh, the Dutch. They're ranked twelve. <laughs> There's no Arjen Robben on the
0: team. No, but they, oh. they put out the Scottish girls
1: So that's at least a guaranteed one time you'll be cheering for Canada in this tournament But the Dutch themselves, they, this is actually their first World Cup They haven't really, even the Euros, they ha, they've only qualified twice for it the last two times What, what, what can you tell us about them? That, you know, are, are they, it was just the strong European competition that prevented them from getting through these tournaments Or is it just that they're still building their team together?
2: They've got a very young team so they're just kind of developing and finding out their own strengths and building team together. So I think Holland's, you know, it's a very surprising team. They've scored goals for fun, so they've got a very strong offensive attack. So based on that, you know, they're going to be a team that wants to come out and score. Their back line and the goalkeeper could be a weakness for them, so uh, the key is basically shutting down their top scorers, and perhaps Canada can do that.
1: Madden, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this right, Madden Melish is is their leading goal scorer on their national team. Is there anybody else that is uh, you know, a dynamic player that's coming up and we should be looking out for?
2: Yeah, Vivian Medema, she's still a teenager, and she's scoring a whole bunch of goals. She, she's setting records for Holland, so... She's a very strong player, just so young, and she's already accomplished so much. So a lot of people are picking her to be a surprise player that can really have an outburst at the tournament. So I think she's going to be a player to watch that many people maybe over here aren't quite familiar with.
1: So China, who they're opening the tournament against, um, are the next ranked uh, team in FIFA. They're 16th ranked. They're, they're a team that missed, missed the 2011 World Cup. It was the first time they ever missed it. They, used, they were number five back in 2003. They were the runners-up in the U.S. They've been Asia champions seven times between 86 and 99. What, what, do, you know, do you know anything about this team? Or is this a the, the, team that just stays so secretive? There's n- nobody plays outside of the country. That it's hard to get an idea of who they are.
2: Yeah, you're right, Steve. Exactly that. It's hard to get a read on China. They're, they're very secret. You know, I, I couldn't really tell you who their top players are. They were uh, a very strong force, very strong team about a decade ago. They've had a, a bit of an influx with player changes and personnel and tactics. So they're a bit of an unknown and a mystery. So we'll have to see what Canada has to go up against on June 6th when China and, and Canada open opened up the tournament. So yeah, China's a bit of a surprise. We'll see uh, what they can put together.
1: Looking at their team, they're, in the last tournament they played, and the oldest player seems to be 26. We don't know how reliable those ages are. You know, look at the Olympic gymnasts uh, from China. So it'll be interesting to see, and, and it's, it could be a pitfall for Canada um, going up against them, not knowing too much about them. But I'm sure Herdman's at least got some scouting on them.
2: Well, they beat them in the China Cup back in January, so they're they're a bit familiar with China. I'm sure they'll have a sense of what to expect, but for the viewers and the fans, it's a bit of an unknown team, so I'll we'll just have to see what they bring.
1: Okay, and then finally, John Herdman's old team, uh, New Zealand, uh, ranked number 17 in the world. They were, like, just four years ago, they were about in the mid-20s. Is this a team that that has kind of use that base that John Herdman built for them and and, and kind of turned that into a very solid team
2: I guess you could say John laid a bit of the foundation for New Zealand when he was coaching uh, the ferns uh, they're, they're uh, a strong team as well they've got players playing all over the world in the the NWSL and Sweden and I believe the FAWSL so they're they're not opponent to be taken lightly. Uh, Canada will have some familiarity, John will have a little bit of knowledge of what to expect against New Zealand. But that second group stage match is going to be very crucial because if you win that match, you put yourself in a great position to finish first in that group. So that's going to be a key opponent for Canada and they can't take uh, New Zealand lightly.
1: Amber Hearn is the, obviously the number one goalskeeper, and it seems like they have experience almost every level of the team. They have a lot of caps on, and all these players are in their mid-20s as well, except goalkeeping. Is goalkeeping there, probably the number one issue?
2: It's hard to say. I don't see a lot of New Zealand matches, so I'm not quite familiar with their goalkeeper. I will say that Ali Riley is a, a very well-known, strong, hard-nosed defender. She's going to be probably matched up with maybe a Sinclair or a Tancredi, so she'll be a player to watch for New Zealand.
1: Now, there are opponents in other groups. Um, we're we're going to skip over the typical USA, Japan, Germany. We, we, I think we can assume all, those three are the top three. Who Who is that number four team that can s- slide in, other than Canada, that can slide in and maybe take one of those top three spots? And Sweden had a
0: fantastic qualifying. Yeah.
2: Sweden has had a fantastic qualifying, but they're also an aging, older veteran team. They've, they're dependent on... A few key strong players as well, and they're certainly not young players. You we were talking to Lotta Shelin, Nia Fisher, Caroline Seeger—all very strong, uh, veteran players, midfielder, striker, defender. So they've got to get contributions from young players like uh, Olivia Shu, Malin Diaz, and try to do the same thing with Canada—is have their young players step up and perform. So I think they've got—they've got Pia Sontag, one of the best women's football coaches around. So. Tactically, they're going to try their best, but they're in the group of death with America, Australia, and Nigeria. So it'll be a, du- a tough tournament for the Swedes, and really, they could finish third in that group.
1: And the, but you were you were talking about before the, the Swedes, the French are that four team that really hasn't done in anything in the tournaments yet, not like taking the top spot, but they're they're on the verge of doing that right this year.
2: Yeah, France has a lot of depth. A lot of their players play in the French league, whether it be with. PSG or Lyon so they're really together pretty much all year around playing with each other building chemistry and the French France has a new a coach that they named after Euro 2013 after they bombed in that tournament so they're really coming together and they've got a lot of depth in every position they uh, they beat Canada in a friendly in April so uh, yeah the the French team's a tough team they're ranked 3rd and you can't count them out really
1: Other than those the top teams are uh, the top 10 teams is there a team out there that you see it could have a really major breakthrough? Maybe like an African team, a South American team, uh, something, a Latin American team. Like somebody that nobody really expects anything of. Do you see any of those teams, maybe not make, obviously make the finals or even the semifinals, but maybe make a quarterfinal run and advance their sport in their country?
2: I'd like to see Spain and Switzerland do well because they're, Unknown European teams, you don't really hear too much about them. Spain's got a tremendous offense, like uh, Holland. So we could see a surprising team, maybe uh, Spain or Switzerland, or certainly an African team. But yeah, this tournament's all going to be about surprises and who can pull off the upset. So it'll be fun to watch.
1: Do you, think this, um, do you think this World Cup will be a little bit more wide open than previous World Cups and have maybe a little bit more surprises in it?
2: It's hard to say. There's certainly a lot of attack-minded players on a lot of the top teams, but you know, the goal is to prevent goals. And If a team goes up against a stall or a strong defensive-minded team like Germany or France, you know, they could shut the door for uh, two, three games in a row. So obviously you want to see a lot of goals score, you want to see players shine, but we won't know until that first uh, kick is taken place.
0: Well, certainly a, a lot of teams to choose from. Something else which you usually find a lot of choices in is jam. So, Har, I mean, my question for you is, if you were watching the game, what would be your jam of choice?
2: I'd have to say that I prefer raspberry jam. You know, I put it on the English muffins, try it on the pancakes. I got this really, really great kind over in the UK when I went on the tour of Wimbledon last August. It's this little tiny jar. I don't know what's in it, but it's amazing. So, yeah, raspberry jam is, uh, is pretty awesome.
0: Yep, I'm always one to bring the hard-hitting questions, and I did just that to some other members of the Canadian Women's National Team. So let's hear now from Emily Zurer, Ryan Wilkinson, Alicia Chapman and Diana Matheson about what their favourite jam is.
3: What's your favourite jam? Traffic
0: jam. What's wrong with raspberry What's wrong with plum? How's about a blob of elderberry on a scone? What's your favourite jam? So, if we were to ask you, Emily, what is your favourite kind of jam?
6: Like jams and jelly. Yeah. Oh. If you were gonna, if you had
0: a scone okay. and you wanted to put some jam on it, what would you spread?
3: Okay, raspberry for sure.
0: So, if I was to ask you what your favourite jam is, Rhiannon. Like, if you're having a scone or yeah. something, afternoon tea, what would your favourite jam be?
6: Raspberry. raspberry.
0: Now, Emily said raspberry as well, and I've only asked two people so far. This is kind of getting weird.
6: Yeah. Well, see, so you'd say strawberry mostly, but raspberry just has a little bit of tart. Yeah.
0: I'm I Strawberry raspberry. and rhubarb, that's my thing. Oh,
6: it's a
4: good one. It's a good
5: pie. So,
0: so before we finish, we're asking everyone, uh, what is your favourite jam, like, spread? If you had a scone and you're going to put some jam on it, what would your jam of choice be?
6: Oh... Okay. Uh, so the,
0: we're or ask is it you? maple butter
1: yeah, that you would put on? you, know, I told you ask you weird If,
6: if there, there was maple it. butter, I would I would definitely put that on. I'm a little hooked right now.
1: I'm, I'm interested in it. Had yeah, it. I'm I'm like, is it like maple syrup or it's syrup
0: mixed with butter?
6: It's, I don't even know. You just got to try it. <laughs> you
0: know, I'm going to have to try you it. You got
6: to try it. Ask Jose. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Can I just speak? So, would you pick a jam or would it, would it be maple butter?
6: I mean, you know, I I'd go for a standard strawberry, I guess. But
1: the strawberry
0: and raspberry yeah, are the first, two. First few folks we asked were all raspberry. And then it's all turned strawberry. Apart yeah, from I'm someone, can you? Well, can you guess?
1: Erin, oh, sorry.
0: oh
6: um, I think it was I think it was Erin that did something different. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, cranberry and jalapeno. That's her
6: choice. Um,
0: Alright,
5: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Not sure. Teach their own. Yeah. Diana, if I was to ask you, if you're sitting down, it's afternoon tea, Or you're having a scone or something, and you put mm-hmm. some jam, what's your favourite kind of jam?
6: I kind of sway sometimes. Sometimes blueberry, but I'm going to go with raspberry right now. That's
0: just every every single one we've asked has really? said raspberry. Yeah, okay, go back to blueberry then. Okay, yeah, I want to be different. Getting, this is getting weird. Okay.
3: <laughs> what's your favourite
2: jam?
0: So that was us jamming there with some of the women from the Canadian women's national team. So just before we wrap up this episode, we're going to go around the table. So what I want to know from everyone is, how do you think the Canadian women are going to do? And what is your tip for winning the tournament?
2: I think Canada will top Group A. I think they will finish first. They'll play a quarterfinal in Vancouver. They should definitely win that quarterfinal after that. It's a toss-up, so we're not quite sure what to expect. But yeah, anything but a first-place group finish would be a disappointment would be uh, underwhelming from Team Canada, so I'm expecting them to finish first and win the quarterfinal. Anything after that would be a bonus cherry on top.
1: And who do you think wins the tournament?
2: I've been saying this all along, you've got to go with Germany. You cannot count out Germany. Uh, they hosted the last Women's World Cup. They uh, didn't do so well. They've got so much depth. They've got scores like Anya Mittag, Alexander Pop, Celia Sasic. Even with Nadine uh, Kessler injured and missing the tournament, and Luisa Wensing out as well, they've still got so much depth at every position. And we know Nadine Engros is still a top keeper. I think Germany is the top team to uh, win the tournament, and um, that's my pick.
1: I, I want any team but the U.S. to win. Um, I, I'm thinking Japan repeats, and I think Canada
0: makes it, uh, wins their group and makes it to the semifinals. I see Canada winning their group. I th- I don't know, I just have this feeling they're going to crash out at the quarter-final stage. I'd love them to go on and win it. I actually can't see past the US. I I think they're going to do it. I think it's not exactly home soil for them, or home turf, but I think that they're going to have a lot of fans up here, and I think that they're going to just have enough of what it takes to to carry them over. And they're they're so used to playing on these kind of pitches as well, at club level. For all their moaning, they are used to playing on these pitches. Yeah, and
1: I think the Dark Horse, I think all three of us can agree, probably the Dark Horse is France. Har's shaking her
0: head there. Who's your dark horse? I'm going with Sweden as my dark horse, which is kind of unusual because they're all blonde.
2: If we're going with a dark horse to win the tournament, I'll go with England, even though they're ranked (sighs) sixth.
0: But that's it for, for this episode. We've gone on a bit, but hopefully you've enjoyed it. Lots of good chat, lots of good audio. So just before we go, Har, first of all, share with us, what are your plans for the World Cup? I know you've got a lot of trips booked, so where are you heading off to?
2: I'll be in Edmonton, and I'll be in Montreal, I'll be in Vancouver. So I'm going to cover all three Canada's matches. I'm going to cover England's final group stage match in uh, Montreal, and also I'm going to be back in Vancouver for the first group stage matches here as well.
1: So about
0: ten matches in total you'll be covering in this in the, in the opening round. It might have been easier actually to ask her where she wasn't going. I yeah, think. exactly. <laughs> I'm going to be at all the, the games at BC Place. Um, I'm not not venturing outside of BC.
1: And I'll be sitting on my couch watching the
0: games.
2: And why is that?
0: Because <laughs> I didn't get accreditation. And why is that? Computers I missed the built. deadline. But if anyone's listening from FIFA, which obviously we know that they are, Steve's still looking for accreditation, so get in touch. So just before we do go hard, let everyone know where they can find you online and where they can read your stuff online.
2: You can read my white cap stuff at Red Nation Online, and you can read my... Uh, uh, women's coverage in the national team of Canada over at Equalizer Soccer. So I uh, hope you enjoy that.
1: You can find me, Steve, on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. I will not be tweeting because I will take my normal fetal position during any Canadian national
0: game. And I'm Michael McCall. You can read all my stuff at AFTN, AFTN.ca. You can also read all my Whitecap stuff on MLSsoccer.com. But all, we can, all that's left for us to say is good luck to Canada. Wish the girls all the best. We're going to hopefully have maybe a couple of podcasts during June during the World Cup. We'll see what we can put together for that. What guests we can find in the city. A lot of folk coming to Vancouver. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. So until next time, thanks for listening. Take care.
2: And on the national team. And there's still time.